Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. That, that was loud. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> We're sorry. We're trying to figure out exactly the right volumes here. We're trying to eliminate noise. That's what we're trying yeah. to do, for sure. Um, but yeah, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, these two may not know it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yes. Happy anniversary. Thanks. Seven years. Seven years of Seven. blissful marriage. Yes. Bliss. It's been really great on my <laughs> no, part. No, make Poor it seem Maggie. more real. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying it's been wonderful for me. Um, It's funny. Yeah. I've had seven years of great marriage. I think Maggie's like, I've had four. <laughs> I mean, combined. Like, if you put them all together. Add up the minutes. Add up, add up the minutes, maybe it's yeah. four. That's hilarious. We'll have her on next time. It's also Ben Roach's birthday, by the way. Oh, happy birthday, Ben. Yep. Uh, Wonderful. Well, this is yeah, a is. I mean, big day. I missed that completely. And already almost June. Man. Yeah, that's Crazy. Yeah, it is. Well, when we're recording this, you could be listening to this in the future. Oh, I have that's no a, idea. It's, well, you're definitely like going to be time travel in wow. the future. Yeah, definitely in the future because it won't be right now. Right now. Oh, wait, we're not live? Yeah, exactly. Wait, I, I mean, if we are, you'd be the only one who would know. True right? that. Um, Paul, you did a great job so, hmm, I mean, on Sunday. It was really good. Thanks. Nice to have good teaching every once in a while. <laughs> Mixed in there. <laughs> Such a nice change. So 2015 is when y'all got married? 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Because <laughs> they're babies. No. I know it. That's not, I mean, it's not it's like. I'm, a, yeah, I act like a baby. Seven years oftentimes. after us. That's not, that's not bad. In the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit after mine, too. I mean, just a little bit. Yep. We got married in 93. That was when I was born. We're never, go- oh my gosh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. Nice. I love it. Well, you know. But you were young when you got married. How old were you? I was pretty young. 21. Yeah. You could totally be his dad. Totally. Totally. Fine. Uh Uh-huh. Today was also the Battle of Jutland. I know that matters to... No, it doesn't matter at all. I actually don't know about the Battle of Jutland. The British versus the German navies. Mm. Two-day naval battle. Pretty amazing. It's a great one to, to look into. Battle of Jutland. The Battle of Jutland. It's I'm fun. So it's a good read. It's fascinating. <clears throat> Battle of and Jutland. And especially given that it's your anniversary, it'd be good to oh, yeah. know a few really weird things about their day. And Ben Roach's birthday. That's right. Cool. You're, you're going to look into both of those. Both. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to go. I'm going to ask Ben Roach's mom how the day went. Good old K. A is amazing. Yep. No disagreement there. All right. So we're at Second Peter. Are you finishing up? The chapter two this week? That is the plan. It is the plan. But not going into chapter three. You're going to finish out chapter two. That's right. False prophets. That's that's what we're planning on doing. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to hear something a little funny about the calendar? What if is you that? buy a bunch of tickets for a movie uh-huh. for people. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you accept. It the, shows all of them. All, all Yeah. It, it puts all six tickets on your calendar. Sure. Side by side. Yeah. That, makes, that makes really good sense as individual events. That's fun. <laughs> you get to re- be remembered all week. Oh, that Wow, I just turned off my computer to. somehow. Oh, man. I don't know what, but, hey, please, I want to know what button that was. Yeah, please exactly. come back on. Um, so, yeah, the plan is to wrap up in 22. 
You want to read them? You I'll got them there? Ha- I would be happy to. Mr. Young Eyes over there can actually Young read eyes. The I'm like, whoa, there, there it is. So just 22? Uh, no, no, no. 20. Oh, 19, through, 19 through 22. 19. 19. Perfect. 19 through 22. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in, or in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to his own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. The very words of God. There you go. So Paul mentioned it during his sermon. Are you going to spend a decent amount of time talking about like the assurance of our faith? Is that, yeah. is that your plan? Yeah, I am going to spend quite a bit of time on that. Um, it's, it's one of those weird things, <clears throat> and I'll talk about this on Sunday, but uh, there are a handful of passages in the New Testament that, as a, as a standalone verse or a standalone passage can make it sound like, man, salvation, a right relationship with God is something that can be lost. Yeah. Um, maybe as easily as it can be gained. And, <clears throat> but I don't think, I don't think that fits in with the overarching teaching of scripture. Mm-hmm. And so is this a main passage that people that believe that cling to? I honestly don't know that it is. Okay. I don't think they go to it a lot. It's not one of the ones I I would hear when I've discussed it with people a lot. Also, I don't think they cling to. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, uh, that might be the wrong choice of verbiage. Well, I don't. Usually, they go to the Hebrews passages are the most common for okay. people who want to talk about the loss of salvation. Um, is the most common place, and we'll go to the two main ones in Hebrews this okay. Sunday as well. Um, but there's some really big problems with the idea of the lost salvation and. One of the big, the idea that you could have a right relationship with God and then again lose it after having it. <clears throat> and there's a lot about that that's that's kind of messed up. But um, I think, although I was raised with it, oh, really? I was raised to believe that you could lose your salvation. In fact, that you did probably several times most days. Um, and you had to kind of restore that. That's where that old, now I lay me down to sleep prayer comes from, um, is I probably... Kind of like covering your, yeah. your tracks, kind of? Yeah, exactly. Tracks, good... I know (laughs) little little ears, me. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, so we'll look at those, but what finally, what actually convinced me uh, where to stand, because I was, I was raised with that view and very strongly raised with that view. And then um, several family members had that view. Key family members had that view. And, uh, and then, so I I spent uh, about, I don't know, maybe a year or two asking everybody who I had a, like a really high opinion of their theological stance, what their views were. And one, it was weird to me that those who believed you could lose your salvation had, had like, they couldn't discuss it with me very long. Like, they could go, like, one or two levels into a conversation, and then they kind of were done. And, uh, and that worried me, because I, ar- I would argue the other side. I would sit down with people and say, what, what do you believe about this? And they would say, and I go, okay, <coughs> let me make my best case against your view. And, and the, those who believed in the security of salvation had such a sophisticated and complex understanding of scripture and were able to just talk about it for hours and hours and hours, no matter what I threw at them, they were able to take it, discuss it, deal with it in a really good way. 
And then the, those who had the other view, it, it really was very quick. And I mean, I'm talking about some people with like PhDs and stuff, and they would they would run out pretty quickly um, mm. or get snarky pretty quickly or something. And that that worried me from the beginning. That, but that's how I started it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had a a um, pastor who was a teacher friend asked me, he, he said, I, I want you to do some research on the overarching imagery of salvation that we find in scripture, especially in the new Testament. And that's when it, that's when the idea of losing salvation fell apart. Mm-hmm. So if you think so, for example, if you guys think about what are some of the main imagery, the analogies that Jesus and Paul use when they talk about having a right relationship with God, what is that relationship compared to? Adoption. Yeah, there's a big one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being children. came in children. And the, the adoption. state. Yeah. It's, can that you, doesn't let me, change. So what kind of a father would we say a father is who would say, <clears throat> today I adopt you, you are my son. Oh, but now you've messed up, now you're not my son. Okay, but now you've repented, now you are my son. But now you've messed up, now you're not my son. It's not that they would say, that a dad would say, you've messed up, you're not being a very good son. But you are no longer my son. Well, we would, I mean, that would be a, a nightmare, abusive relationship. That would be totally wrong. And, and so that would create a picture of, of adoption that would be horrific for the person being adopted and ridiculous, the mercurial level of the person who's doing the adopting. You know, you get three adoptive dads in the room. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an unthinkable mm-hmm. picture and it would make God a much poorer father than we are. Um, I mean, all four of us are dads. The, the idea of telling your child when they mess up, you're not my child anymore. And that's where that, that, that really was like, Oh, wow. That, that really makes that even a child who would say, you know what? I'm not your kid anymore. That oh, you would go. Okay. You're cute. Yeah. That's exactly like, I mean, mm. you know, knock yourself out, kid. Like that's not, doesn't change. That doesn't change yeah. reality. Um, so there's one. Okay. What's another one? Citizen. Okay, a citizen. There you go. Someone who loses their citizenship every time that they mess up, every time they're not a good citizen, they lose their citizenship. I mean, even that's, it's kind of wild. Felons in America can lose their the, some of the advantages of their citizenship. There you go. <laughs> but they don't lose their citizenship. Um, we know how, the, we know that would be pretty gross. Especially, again, that yo-yo effect. Now you're not a citizen. Now you are, now you're not, now you are, now you are not, now you are, now you're not. Okay, good. What's another one? <coughs> Re- what a, regeneration. Okay, yeah, being recreated, something made, new. Made new. Made yeah. new. That's problematic, right? And then you fall back to old and then made <clears> new. And, <throat> you have to be made new again. And then made, made new and made old and made new and made old and made new. Again, mm-hmm. that falls apart pretty quickly. Oh, I made myself old, though. <laughs> I molded myself. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, okay. the marriage language. Okay. The bride of Christ, mm-hmm. the marriage language is all through there. And again, apply the same analogy. I have chosen you. You are my bride. Now you're not. Now you are. Now you're not. Now you are. Now you're not. It just, it turns God into a horrible husband. No, that one fits. (laughs) It's like, it's just a, yeah, celebrating your anniversary. Yeah. I mean, the the thought of the two of you being married and then not married and then divorced and then remarried dozens and dozens of times over that seven years becomes pretty absurd pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. Yeah. Then Maggie's only been married for four years. That's right. That's true. That would that's all right. Not, not only feel not just feeling like she's been in a good marriage. Good marriage. For four years, right. Just married. Yeah. Yes. Man. The the identity so, yeah. structure begins to fall yeah. apart. 
And think, if you talk about Jesus being a savior, well, then now you've got a savior who is a like a minute. lifeguard who goes out and gets you 100 yards from the ocean and then yeah. loses you dozens of times before he gets you to shore. Like that's a, yeah. what a terrible savior that would be. I mean, that would ter- really turns him into a terrible savior. You would say that was a terrible lifeguard. Anyway, go ahead. What were you going to? No, I think that same thing. I think <clears throat> it limits, it limits what the salvation work is. Um, for me, it was the, it was the concept of, you know, again, election um, or justification. This idea that um, the way you get in is different than the way you get out. You yeah. get, you get in without your merit, but you get out because of your merit. And I think that that disconnect for me was the first time that I was like, oh, that really makes sense. It would be different if I earned my way in. Mm -hmm. If if I had to earn my way in, well, then it makes sense if I could lose it. But if it wasn't wasn't my work that got me in, if it was his work that got me in, well, then why would I be able to do anything to get it out? And it really seems like that. If, If you put the emphasis on you, then what you've done is you now are the reason why Jesus isn't powerful enough. Right. You, you now are messing this up where now he can't put it right. Um, and that just, of course, then goes in the face of the, of the gospel in entirety of, no, you, you haven't done anything to do this. It's been his work. You responded to his work. So then he's going to be the one strong enough to save you. Thus, he's the one strong enough to keep you. Right. Mm. It's, it's, it's pretty rough if, when you try to apply <clears throat> those pictures, um, in a, in a, into a salvation mm-hmm. that is dependent on us. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're going to look at even when we look at Hebrews is how I think the two main passages that people turn to in Hebrews, actually, they, they make the case for security of salvation. I think they yeah. actually strongly do. I can understand why if all we had were this these few sentences in Second Peter, we would be, it might leave us confused that God might say, oh, it's it's bad. But... Second Peter two nineteen, those, these passages you just read mm-hmm. are so similar to the Hebrews ten passage, mm-hmm. um, and in fact, even uses some of the same language. That I think, I think what's being talked about here is people who know the truth but are not responding to the truth. They know, and that's and that's not should not be hard for us to wrap our brains around. We do that all the time. I mean, how mm-hmm. often do we know the right thing to do but don't do it? How often do we know the wrong thing to do and still choose it? Like knowing something. That's some Romans seven stuff there. Almost yeah, almost quoting it right. And so, um, yeah, it's it is a. It it would be better for someone to not know, and Paul referenced that. And there's a I'm going to come at it from two different directions in the sermon. One is the. The justice direction: the to whom much is given, much is required. Um, you've got some. You've got this really cool little passage at the end of uh, the man born blind in John, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the Pharisees at the end of all this. I'll have to explain it, but some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, "Are we blind?" And Jesus said to them, "If you were blind, you would have no guilt, but because you see, your guilt remains." And there seems to be a concept of justice that's not surprising. That of course we understand that. That's why we would judge a mentally handicapped person differently or, a, yeah. you know, we would bl- judge a blind person differently than a seeing person. If the crime somehow involved sight, of mm-hmm. course we would. We're just children. <laughs> right. Or children. You don't charge right. children for some things. Yeah. That's exactly right. So we know that that idea is there. So is it like, well, now you're doubly accountable because yeah. you see and you still don't do. And you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. you know. 
And so these are people who, who know it and absolutely know it and yet are in defiance of responding to it. And that's not unlike, you know, a lot of the pictures we use for salvation over the years when people get frustrated, like, but, you know, Christianity is, is, is exclusive, that Jesus is the only way. Like, yeah, that, I mean, that's exclusive, but exclusive is only bad if that's not true. Mm. Right. Right. Exclusive is a good thing if that's the truth. There's not a whole lot of ways across the canyon. You could take the bridge right. and safely get across, and all the other ways will get you killed. Yeah, that's awfully that's, exclusive. But that's pretty good. That's better than not having a way across. That's exactly right. That's a lot better. Those than- are great odds. It's like, <laughs> if I can get there 100%. <laughs> exactly. That sounds great to that me. That sounds good to me. Oh, but but I want I don't like bridges. Okay. I mean, I'm 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 sorry so sorry, man, that you don't like bridges, but that's that's what we have here. And you can't fly, so That's right. Yeah. No flying, no jumping. Good choice. You know. Yeah. And so it is a it is an interesting and so that that frustrates people to say mm-hmm. that or to put it the other way if you say there's there's multiple ways there's multiple bridges and all of them are out but one, all the rest mm-hmm. of them have bridge out signs on them. And then if you drive off, if you, if you crash through a sign that says bridge out and then you die, the consequence is on you. No one else is, you're, no one else is to blame for you doing that. Mm. Um, you knew better and you did it anyway. Well, that's, that's a bummer for you. Mm. Um, so we don't know the details of how God obviously is going to judge in judgment. That's he only, he knows how to do that. But he's, we get these hints at some of these principles, like the idea that too much is given, much is required, or people who claim to know things make a claim for themselves are then judged according to that claim. Mm-hmm. That makes A lot of that makes sense. And so essentially, you're in this, you're speaking of like the variance of both reward and the variance of punishment. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea that, again, you know, we, we time and time again run into these passages where it does seem like there is, you know, every, everybody who believes you know, congratulations, you get in, but then there's mm-hmm. also this, um, based upon your time here, you know, again, mm-hmm. what you're storing up as treasures in heaven, that there's a difference of reward, um, that happens. And so, or like a rich inheritance right, like you were talking right. about. And I think in, in perfection, yeah, it's absolutely. not going to be out of competition. It's not, you're going to take away all envy. You're going to take away covetedness. You're like, it's not that, you know, oh man, I'm here and I'm looking over at Chris's crown and it's got that jewel, I wish I earned that jewel. Mm. You know, all that's gone. So right, this is, absolutely. This is all for God's glory. And I think that was the first time that it made sense of of uh, being able to now have a difference of reward, and yet it is all celebrating it because, again, mm-hmm. by the time we're there, it's not about us. It only magnifies him and his work, and so right. it just brings to his glory. But then the similar you know, construct of the idea that maybe here for these you know false prophets who now are experiencing this swift condemnation and then who have taken this, you know, negative action of trying to rob from the flock or mislead the young in faith. Now that maybe their punishment is different mm-hmm. because they've now responded, not in ignorance and defiance, yeah. but actually with intentionality, they know, um, which is clear again, the knowledge that they have, but then they've denied and they've still chosen wrongly. And mm-hmm. so maybe there is the sim- similar, you know, kind of notion of so greater their punishment is mm. because their choices reflect, again, a, a consequence that is a little bit weightier. Mm. And right. is this, does this also, does this kind of argue the fact like they weren't saved to begin with? 
I still think that. I mean, yeah, I think absolutely. you can. And, you know, there, there again, there's some places where, and what we read, you know, in probably 20, um, there's some places where it, people can, you know, kind of draw this line of like, no, this is where they're saved. And then, but again, I think you, you run into the problem of, well, if they were saved, then how is all this condemnation, right. and destruction coming? Right. And then again, balanced against this other scriptures that make it clear that, you know, salvation isn't yours to lose. Mm-hmm. It's only yours to receive. Um, you would have to toss out other doctrines yeah, to be able to walk, true. walk through that line. Yep. Um, are you going to talk about Matthew 12 or Luke 11? Um, I think so. Wait a second. No, I'm, I've got Luke 12. What are you thinking about for Matthew 12 and Luke Matthew 11? 12 and Luke 11 are the uh, Jesus talking about. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more yes. evil than itself. Yeah. They enter and dwell there. Um, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. Yep. So the that, same, yep, same verbiage. Mm-hmm. It, huh. Like that's. Where is that? I've as got soon it as, here. as soon as I read that, I was like, I think Matt, I think that's what Matt, or what Peter is thinking about because that sounds exactly the same to me. Yeah. What's the exact verse? I looked it up, but I may not have copied it. Matthew over. twelve fourteen or twelve forty five or Luke eleven twenty six. And what is that saying specifically? Like about, <clears throat> that's about, about demon guess. possession. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. I know I've been here somewhere. Because I agree, I have the same. I had the same thought. That same language of what that means—that it's that their condition is worse. Mm-hmm. It's at least like that somehow because that language is so. Um, his last state is far worse. So I think, <clears throat> yeah, we're talking about a spiritual reality here. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be done here. But my main goal Sunday is going to be to talk about the the security of salvation. Okay. Um, to, to make sure and unpack that really well, because it's, it's healthy for people to be reminded of that periodically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it is, it is fascinating to me, by the way, that as a, as a counselor, I will tell you, it, it boggles my mind how often Christians who have OCD issues, um, they have anxiety issues, how often their fixation is over losing their salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super, super common. And, and it's a, it becomes a constant crisis and fear for them all the time. I mean, that makes all kinds of sense. If yep. you're talking about the most important thing, yep. how important is it to get it right? And and the idea is that, that then now they're stuck somehow mm-hmm. having to keep it right, right. all the time. And right. so it's like, oh my it's goodness, exhausting. did I did I pray for this? Right. Did I yeah, did I cover myself? And yeah, that is that is exhausting. It is. And I've I've been there. I mean, I've literally mm-hmm. I've lived in that understanding or belief that <clears throat> and I, I often use the example because it's a funny one, although it, it wasn't always funny at the time, but the idea that I would, you know, obviously no one would be raptured out of a rated R movie. Cause if you're in a rated R movie, you obviously had lost your salvation. Mm. And so you, the, the picture was given to us is that you go to a rated R movie and you come out and all your friend, family, family and friends are gone because they got raptured and you didn't because you had lost your salvation and you might not know for two hours. You know, you're sitting in this movie. Mm. The Larshes thought it happened during a service, during one of our services. They turned, they were talking to dad and then they turned around and he was gone. And they were like, <laughs> oh my gosh, he got raptured and the rest I of was, us are still here. I was all, not a true all believer. Of us, all of us are here, but one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, 
as you unpack verse by verse, when you come to verses like um, verse 22, I think, right? It's kind of referencing the old proverb. Is there anything to unpack? It, it seems like a verse that's like the, sorry, the dog returning right, to, turn his to his vomit. vomit right. Is that, I mean, it seems very straightforward. Like, is there anything else that you guys would unpack from that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. As an aside, since last week we ruined at least one person's appetite. Uh, <laughs> speaking of this, they reached out. Whoops. Oh, really? Um, not in jest. In, they were okay, still, okay. Still kidding. But, I had to take the donut out of my mouth. But I, <laughs> yeah. but I was talking to uh, another recent church member who joined uh, about their uh, trip to the beach. And they had a young one, you know, getting probably two-ish age, uh, who kept eating sand and would run mm-hmm. over, grab the sand, throw it in his mouth. And then, of course, realize the mistake instantly, start screaming. They're having to wash it out, trying to give him water, trying to get him to spit, trying not to swallow, clean it all up. He's settled, put him back on the blanket, and he's fine. And then five minutes later, he does it again. runs over to the sand, <laughs> throws it in his mouth. And it's like... But it looks so good. Yeah. I was like, that, that... That's that's the, That'll that's the PG <laughs> yeah. version of, of this problem. I think it is interesting that the dog returned to his vomit is actually from the book of Proverbs. Yeah. Uh, the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire is not. Hmm. Um, and so it's it's intriguing that that's a... Like uh, a comment on I, his I, part? It's just a, no, no, no. It's just a... It is a common saying, apparently, mm, that Jesus okay. is referencing... Um, but it's got more than just the, um, like he references a full state statement, which is not all Peter, uh, Peter. Yeah. Did I say Jesus? Sorry. Peter says that. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. You so have the dog returned to his vomit, a fool who repeats his folly yep. from Proverbs. And then, um, anything, the, the pigs one, um, it would be closest to Jesus's teaching about pearls. Yeah, pearls before swine. Before swine. Um, you know, dogs, do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs. At least they trample them underfoot and right. turn to attack you. But that whole, essentially that whole, that whole proverb, the 26th proverb is about essentially people doing idiotic Fool. things. Yeah, foolish. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's that, that you're, you do this, um, Foolish people do these types of things. And so that's the kind of stuff he's talking about. Like an archer again, who like, wounds everybody mm. is someone who hires a fool or a drunkard. Um, uh, the sluggard says there's a lion in the road, there's a lion in the streets. In other words, like trying to pranks, that kind of stuff, being a pranker or, or whatever. Um, whoever meddles in a quarrel that's not his own is like someone who takes a passing dog by the ears. Um, like a madman who throws firebrands and arrows as a man who deceives his neighbor and then says, I'm only joking. <laughs> Gaslighting. Exactly right. Um, so that kind of stuff, it goes, it just goes down through like, Hey, don't, don't be this guy. Yeah. It, it is the, yeah. it is the, that guy chapter. Um, anyway. Yep. Mm. So it's going to be, it'll be good. I think it'll be a, a great way to, to wrap this up. And then I'm, out the next two weeks after that for Israel. Yep. I'm out this week. Oh, fun. What you got going on this week? Yeah, tell us where you're going. I'm going to Nashville with Lori. Oh, nice. Nice. It's going to be great. I um, didn't know there was a Nashville, Texas. 
Nashville, Tennessee. And Yeesh. remind me who who you're going to go see. Um, we are going to go see uh, Drew Holcomb and the neighbors with uh, some friends of ours. Man, at the Ryman. I think so, but Man. I don't. I don't actually like. I I said. I've got that in my brain from somewhere yeah. in the past, but that doesn't mean that it's real. Well, you'll be in <laughs> Nashville. Every anyway. time I'm in Nashville, I want to be at the Ryman. So right. Man, that'll be fun. Normal. Goodness. No, it, that, that is where it is. It's going to be at the Ryman. Lori keeps making jokes about how close we're going to have to sit together. What is that? The Ryman uh, still has the pews. Oh, from, fun. Uh, the, when it was Never a, been. I mean, it's a church. It, it was built as a church for a traveling preacher. And uh, it they they like to they like to just get you as close as they can. So there's a bunch of people shoved into a pew that's not made for twenty first century Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put it that way. It's fine, man. Well, I I cannot wait until next. Wait, when do you come back? I'll be back on Monday next week. Okay, so so we'll be able to hear it about it next week. Yeah, sure. Oh, great, cool. man! And then Chris will be able to listen to it all the way in Israel. That's right. That'll be the plan. <laughs> so, but it should be here still. I might still be here Tuesday. We'll see. It'll be good. Be encouraged. <laughs> <laughs>